Yeah. I mean, one of the things is actually looking, when you look backwards, and this is my own experience, so doing the things that we do, whether it's fraud control or looking at competitor analytics, it's actually putting the data into context because it is so easy to look at the past and think, oh, my God, it was terrible. But you forget that actually there were other events that made it terrible or it was incredible. And you think, wow, what a great marketing exercise. And actually you did nothing. And I, one of the things that comes to mind, I don't know if you remember when the uh, volcano erupted over Iceland and Heathrow Airport basically was ground to a standstill, as were many airports. Everybody had to stay at the hotels. Where else were the tourists going to go? They couldn't go back. And our data was fantastic. But actually marketing had done nothing. <laughs> It was just a, it was just a consequence of the what happened at that time with the ash cloud. And I think that sometimes when we look at numbers, without that context, we can very, very quickly assume things that if you just have a conversation piece, straight away, you remember those events because they were so big, but we don't represent them within the analytics because it's almost like we've gone past that date now. Whoever updates anything that we've gone past. Yeah, and I think that's where, where predictive analytics allows you to validate that in, in real time or close to real time. You make an assumption based on the, the, the data and the context that you're seeing. So let's say a hotel is seeing strong pickup and the assumption is that there's strong demand and therefore you can increase price. You sort of do your price sensitivity calculations. And, and as a result of that increased price, you expect certain outcomes. But because you're doing it in real time, or certainly at, you know, a company like Atomize is doing it in real time, you can validate the, the, those assumptions and, and readjust. So if the resultant pickup isn't as expected, so you saw a surge of bookings, assumed that there was higher demand than normal, pushed the price up, and then didn't see the, 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 the results of, of, you know, the, the continued pickup, then, then the algorithm will reevaluate and, and re, reassess the the market demand and and adjust prices accordingly so it, it is you have to not only sort of take the context into consideration but you also need to validate the assumptions that you make as quickly as you can, as, as possible and one of the good things about taking that approach is that one could argue technically you can compare yourself against your prediction as opposed to your historical um, assessment so uh, therefore as you're predicting one would think you're actually taking into account some of the context around what's happening. And therefore, maybe it's less of an issue, whereas those people who are just going by pure numbers based on pace reports, et cetera, from the past, they, there it's just pure numbers. There's no, there's, you know, there's no context. And in some respects, one can argue those numbers get distorted because there's no context. Yeah, that's right. And we often, one of the most common questions I get about from people evaluating whether they, they should deploy an RMS or, or not is what's your forecast accuracy? And that in itself is a, a sort of a, 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 a nonsensical question in many respects, because if you, if your forecast on, on, let's say 60 days out, you're forecasting something that happens and an event happens like the volcano. You, clearly, that's going to affect your forecast accuracy because new information has been introduced, a new situation has been introduced. So whatever you were forecasting prior to that event taking place is no longer relevant. So you have to reassess it. So at, you know, at the end of the month, you comparing your 60 day forecast or your 30 day forecast to the actual, to the, to what was actually produced can be very misleading because it could mean that you, 
if you if you aim to hit your forecast, you could be leaving a lot of opportunity on the table, not capitalizing on that, and and likely if if you you know the, the reverse is true. So our our answer to that is we we have to model in real time and assuming that all of the recommendations were accepted, assuming that there were no unusual events that occurred between us making that initial forecast and the the, the, the end date, then you can evaluate how accurate our forecasting was. But the reality is things will always happen within between now and day of arrival, especially when you're looking at sixty or thirty days out. And and you shouldn't you shouldn't use that as a determinant of whether the system is performing well or not. In fact, arguably, if if it exceeds forecast and, and captures all of the opportunities that arise as you know just b- between now and 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 day of arrival, then then it's doing its job. It's not the foreca- forecast accuracy that is the be all and end all. Yeah, I suppose one could argue. I mean, the most important thing that people I I, I personally feel that people forget is this concept of you're leaving money on the table because it's hard to gauge that even happens when things move so quickly and unless you're predicting you don't know what that that you have that that's even occurred because even you go in the back when you go back it's so easy to find excuse as to why you did so well even though you may not have done well yeah exactly and it you know and even even just by accepting or not accepting a rate can influence the outcome and if a rate is not accepted, a recommendation is not accepted, that immediately invalidates that forecast that you've just made. And, and yeah. so it's a very, you know, forecast accuracy is a very complex thing. And, and as I said, not really a true gauge of whether a system is performing optimally or not. Uh, you know, you've really got to compare yourself to the market and how you, you did relative to your, your comset and, and, and the market in, in general. You know, did you, did your hotel perform better? than what you would consider your comp sets and the market in general. I mean, going back to my black swan example. So if this book was now written today, where the black swan is now not as, uh, it's no longer on the potential uh, you know, extinction list, you'd assume the author would choose another animal. So if I do that as an example, as you're predicting, one could argue that your comp set needs to change because those concepts tend, personally, I tend to think they don't change. Too many people just, whatever they set up 10 years ago, is still the same concept. So actually working out, is your concept even the right concept? Technically, one could argue that, that that is part of the predictive elements of actually saying, well, are these making sense? Yes. Yeah, and more and more we're starting to see um, sort of dynamic concept, uh, concepts coming. Yeah, I think uh, companies like OTA Insight are now starting to explore that further and look at the whole market and really try and hone in and understand, you know, because your concepts change day of week, season, things like that, you know, business versus leisure. You you, you have a variety of concepts and, and they've got lots and lots of data now to start determining who your real concepts are. And, and we can see that as well. We can, we can start seeing which hotels actually take business away from you if they drop their prices and which ones don't. You know, they, just because the hotel is located next door to you doesn't mean that they're a true competitor. Your competition matters. You know, I think that's self-evident. If, if I have a choice between booking this hotel or that hotel and everything else is equal, 
except the price. It, it clearly, the price will have a, a, an effect on my decision. And but it, it requires much deeper analysis than just a sort of a hypothesis like the one I've just stated. So, yeah, analyzing the data and really determining who your true comp- competitors are at different days of weeks, different seasons, things like that is, is really important. But the, and the information is getting better; it's improving. We hope you enjoyed listening to this bite-sized edition of Hospitality News and Views. The full editions are available on all popular podcasting platforms and include additional material which we hope you will enjoy. Thank you. Thank you.